The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello and welcome again uh, to the Fitness Reborn podcast. This is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put uh, movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Gary Roberts. He's a mental health and a, um, was it a cannabis advocate? Yeah, mental health and cannabis advocate. And um, I like to keep it kind of fresh on the show. And we talk about all things having to do with fitness. And obviously, mental health is a big part of fitness. And so... Gary's going to talk to us about some of the things that he does and how he helps people with the mental health space. So, Gary, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. No problem. Not a problem. Okay, so let's just start from the very beginning here, okay? So let's go right back to the very beginning. Um, how did we get here and uh, what brought us to this conversation? I think we're both in the uh, the fitness space, to be honest. And mm -hmm. basically, I do a lot of stuff with fitness mentally and physically. And a lot of that started relating to uh, the industry that I'm in now, which is cannabis and psychedelics. You see more and more athletes coming out saying, you know, they're using these items to actually help their performance, not only their performance, but help themselves on and off the field. You know, you had... Uh, right. The Olympic, the Olympic team, a lot of athletes came out from there. You have Aaron Rodgers the last couple of days said he did an ayahuasca session to help him with his performance and clear stuff out, you know, and being a, a firefighter as well, you know, they consider us tactical athletes. Basically, our whole job relies on us being mentally healthy, physically healthy. Otherwise, we, we can't perform just like an athlete. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you are a first responder. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So, um, how long have you been a first responder? Uh, number one, eighteen years. Eighteen years. Okay. Still, still active. Still going. So active, still going. All right. Till I fall go, apart. Till you fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of the mentality of a lot of first responders. You know, they they kind of just keep doing it until they their body literally says, "No, you can't do it anymore." <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's either their body, their mind. You know, suicide rate in first responders right now is is ridiculous with the the amount of stuff that we see. Right, right. I know their burnout rate is pretty high. All the same, anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it it becomes. You know, it's it. I actually did a podcast yesterday with uh, with Sean Ryan, a Navy SEAL, and you know we went on the the uh, kind of a little shaking each other's hands, basically saying, "Hey, listen, thanks for your service. You know, you mm -hmm. see a lot." And he's like, "No, man." He goes, "You see a lot more than we do. You know, we you know we go on tours and then we come back and we got this time off. Like, you guys sign up for a twenty thirty year career and you're guaranteed to see some stuff day in day out, no matter what, whether you're prepared or not. And you know, after a while, it kind of builds up." It builds up in your, your mentally, and then the only aspect you have is pharmaceutical medications, which makes you worse. Alcohol, which completely destroys your body from the inside out as well as anything else. And then the last resort of people who can't escape is at the end of a barrel of a gun. That's why the suicide rates are so high in the first responder community. Right, right, right. Why do you think it is, like, in just first responders? Is it just the stress of the job? Is it just the stress of the job compounded with lack of support or – I mean, where do you think it really comes from? It, it comes from, you know, we're type A personalities. We're not, we're not, we're the tough guys. You guys, everybody's running out of the building. We're running in, mm -hmm. you know, that's our machoism. Like we can take anything, do anything. But for 20, 30 years, we're suppressing our feelings. Basically, you know, there is no feeling. So mm -hmm. when everybody else is screaming and their kids drowning or their, their dad just had a heart attack or something else, we can't show our feelings. We just have to do the job. And after mm -hmm. 20, 30 years of suppressing those feelings or pushing them in the back of our head, you know, sooner or later it's going to come out and sooner or later you can't take it. There's going to be that one call that's going to flip a switch and you can no longer take it. And like I said, type A personality, we're not going to look at the poster on the wall where it says, you know, if you feel bad, go ahead and call somebody. Nobody knows what we do. And I try to give an example of what we do. And people say sometimes it's a little bit too graphic, but if you go and if you look on TV and you go in the military, you see people being shot, blown up and so forth. So you kind of know what the military is about. Right. If you look on TV or movies and you see first responders, you see these, these 
you know, hot guys and calendars that come out, you know, they're pulling this guy out of a burning building. They, right. you know, they got little dust on their face and stuff and, you know, there's nothing going on. That doesn't happen. You know, if that building's burning, you're talking about 1400 to 1600 degrees, you know, mm-hmm. where if, as soon as you inhale it, the inside of your lungs burn. So we have gear that makes us go even further in those buildings. So we don't feel the heat, but when we're taking somebody out of that atmosphere, mm-hmm. We're basically degloving them, pulling their skin off their body, dragging them out just to save their life. And that skin stays on your gloves, on your clothes, in your nose. And that's just the first part. And then after that, you're trying to actually find some sort of vein or something so you can give this guy, you know, fluid so they don't, or girls fluid so they don't die. And you're still going through this whole process. That's just one call in a 24 hour period. Right after that, you can go to a guy that just can T-boned where his legs hanging off. You know, we've had several calls back to back where it was, you know, fire, uh, T-bone, uh, kid drowning. That's in one day. That's, that's, you know, the stuff you see on TV is not the real life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can become a firefighter at 18 years old. You're not prepared to see this stuff and you're guaranteed. You sign that agreement saying I'll work for 20 years. And you're basically saying, I will see this stuff consistently day in, day out, and I'm prepared. And in the fire service, basically, it's, you know, man up. This is your job. So, you know, some people, it it builds up and it becomes a massive mental health issue, you know, a long run. And that's why it's heavy drinking, heavy divorce rate, you know, a lot of, of, a lot of, uh, of, you know, drug use, even if it's prescription so that we can sleep because we have nightmares and stuff like that. So it's, it's not just seeing us on the road, you know, or on the calendar or, or stuff like right, that. Right. that. That's just the, like the beauty of it that everybody thinks, but in the back it, it's, you're guaranteed to see some terrible stuff and you best be ready for it. And right. if you're not ready to talk about it and don't have a way out of it, it's going to build up to where you have no choice. And you know, you're going to be facing down a, basically a, a barrel of a gun or something. Right. Right. I remember seeing like well, certain movies when I was a kid, you know, the movie that comes to mind right now, especially with firefighters is backdraft. You know, that came out well, 30 years ago or something like that. And if you do see like a lot of movies or TV shows, like you said, with first responders or police officers or anything, um, it's usually if there's some sort of conflict, it's, like, it's very romanticized. You know, like there is, you know, they romanticize like the, the brotherhood, the fraternity of the of the company and stuff like that. And then you see them do stuff like I remember scenes in Backdraft where, you know, they're running into the building, their coats are open. They don't have any mask on to shield them from the smoke or anything like that. They're pulling out people like kids or something, you know, completely exposed to the heat and the fire. And, you know, it's all real cool. It makes for great drama. But I'm thinking <laughs> this guy's committing suicide really now if he's doing that, you know, is that, is that kind of what you see? <laughs> exactly. It, it, they actually make us look like, you know, that's what they do. They, and the same thing is when you go to schools and like, what did your dad do? They make you look like superheroes. Like right. we're in in invincible you know but sooner or later all this stuff stuff gets to you it's just mm-hmm. it's and then you said the brotherhood yeah we have a massive brotherhood we're we're i'm on the special operations team so we work together as a team for for you know uh drug labs and gas leaks and you know if, if there's any like uh dirty bombs we we do we can do all that so we continuously train as a brotherhood we know each other's family we know each other's kids we know each other's mm-hmm. you know they're, they're, whether they're having problems with their, 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 their wives. We know their anniversaries, you know, we know everything about each other. And then after 30 years, you're cut off. Bam. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. And then, so you have a 30 year brotherhood that all of a sudden you're taken away from that. You see every third day, it's like a second family. And then you're no longer allowed or you're no longer in that group. It really mentally, it becomes extremely, extremely tough. Right. 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 So, I know that you have a personal history with uh, mental health disorders and you've seen the, the, the devastating effects that, you know, addiction and stuff like that can cause um, and where it can lead to. Um, if you're okay with it, would you mind going into that a little bit with the listeners, assuming they know nothing about you at all? Sure, sure. Uh, I got started in the mental health cannabis uh, kind of section, basically because my daughter was in a car accident mm-hmm. and she got addicted to opiates and then it slowly read her down, down a, a bad path where she couldn't get off them. She, she even, she even knew she had problems. She would come up to us. I like, can't keep taking this stuff and would go into rehabs and those rehabs would continuously throw her out with 
more medications, mm-hmm. you know, so these rehabs were not really working and it's not like, and I hate when people call her a, a you know, an addict. She was, you know, a beautiful girl. She was smart. You know, a lot of these people who are addicted to these medications, especially opiates. If you ever have a chance to go see, if you ever chance to see uh, the Netflix, uh, I think it's dose. It, it shows you exactly how bad somebody can get injured and then addicted to these, these opiates. Uh, and that's why we have a massive op- opiate epidemic. Mm-hmm. And we created with her an idea of let's try and get people more in plant-based medicine. You know, Florida where I live started be- looking into the medical marijuana aspect and started, I started doing more and more research on pain. And I says, you know, we can do this and change the way this is happening. And we started talking with her. We created a nonprofit called promises recovery centers to help people who couldn't afford to actually get access because, you know, Cannabis is really not given to uh, the insurance companies aren't covering it. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we build all this. And then on her 20, 27th birthday, the exact day she was born, she was taken from us from an opiate overdose. Yeah. So that, that led me down the path of creating a, a CBD company for, to help pain individuals. And I says, you know what, maybe I can help my firefighter friends with pain. And this way they don't have to continuously use the medication. Cause again, you know, I know a lot of several firefighters that who are, getting knee surgeries, back surgeries, and are taking these medications and they can't seem to get off them, you know, and they're not going to tell anybody. And so, you know, this is a good way to actually help them. Right. And I'll, I'll tell you one story is basically I gave it to a guy who had extreme neck pain. And a couple of days after that, and this is when I was doing it down low because, you know, it just became legal. You know, firefighters were not allowed to sell, you know, illegal substances. So I'm like just doing right. it on the side. So nobody right. knows because the last thing I want is my <laughs> white department to come down and going, Leo, this guy's a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, we need to fire him. And he came up to me and he goes, Hey, listen, I don't know what you gave me, which completely flipped me out. I'm like, Oh my God, he, he failed a drug test. I have my stuff triple tested, double tested. So there's no THC for them to actually fail any drug test. But I, I'm going through my mind going, Oh my God, he failed a drug test. I'm like, what happened? What's going on? He goes, what, what, what's, what's, what is it? He goes, well, I was having a terrible time. I hated my my wife. I was fighting with my kids all the time. I was having these voices in my head. And while I was on your product, those voices started to dissipate, no longer started to come. I was calmer around my kids. I was happier. He goes, I'm still getting a divorce. But, you know, <laughs> he goes, I, 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 was, I was much calmer about things than, than, than was normal. And a light went on. And I says, well, you're talking to a type A personality individual that would never have just brought up the fact that he's hearing voices or something in, in, in this kind of, you know, atmosphere mm-hmm. It's you got to pretty much draw it out of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe this stuff can really work for mental health. And I started going down mental health route about how cannabis can help people with mental health. I created a podcast called good dudes grow. Mm-hmm. So I can educate people in the fire department on how it works. Right. And I says, the only way I'm going to do that is get big people that actually use it. So I got NFL stars. I got, I got celebrities like Tommy Chong on our show. We got people, you know, that won Stanley Cups, you know, all these guys that everybody, you know, used to really looked up to them as professional athletes, Mm -hmm. telling their story of how they got addicted and how cannabis helped them off. And that's how I started leading down the mental health path. Like, man, you know, firefighters, we get scanned every year from our head. Once you hit 40, from our head down our toes, we get scanned, ultrasound, poked, prodded, fingers everywhere, blood work done, you know what, just so that they're making sure that we don't have some sort of cancer or disease, mm-hmm. but nobody's doing anything but the head up. All right. I'm like, what if we can create some sort of preventative type style, preventative type medicine to where we don't have to wait till the voices come. We don't have to wait till the last resort is a barrel of a gun or, or, or the, the, a bottle of Jack Daniels. We don't have to wait for that. What if every year with that body scan, we're able to go to a place where we can actually get treatment and talk and, and use items like psychedelics or, or cannabis to open our thoughts and that's basically where I started heading down. And that's for the last three years, I've been, I've been creating our, our new project, which is a uh, promises innovative recovery, mm-hmm. which is a treatment education and uh, clinical trial facility out in Costa Rica. That should be open by the end of 2023. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I saw about that uh, or I read about that in your site and I was going to ask you more about that. So um, the uh, promises innovative recovery. So it's, it's located in Costa Rica, correct? Okay. Correct. So it's going to open in 2023. So what, what is that really going to offer? What can we look forward to seeing from that? 
Imagine a wellness resort mm-hmm. flipped underneath a medical umbrella under a five-star, all-inclusive cannabis psychedelic ret- uh, resort. Hmm. You know, I hate to. Use, I, I keep. I hate to use retreat. Everybody's used to retreat. It's not really a retreat. It's a center where you can go, right. feel safe because everybody on there is going to be medically licensed. We're going to be licensed by the uh, we're the process of getting our licensing from the, the government in Costa Rica. We're working with the government there. Mm-hmm. We're going to be importing pure and proper medication from medical cannabis from GMP standard facilities out in Canada and the UK, mm-hmm. as well as psychedelic medicine that's GMP standard. So it's nothing that you're going to go there and just go in the jungle, you know, do some stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's going to hurt. We're going to actually make it a community where we're going to help you decide through genetic testing exactly which product is the best mm-hmm. for you for what you want to do. We'll even talk to you. You might not even need to take psychedelics, but you can still come to the resort and do our non-psychedelic pathway, which is basically yoga, learning how to move properly like you understand mm-hmm. and everybody understands who's listening. Fitness is a major aspect of mental health. If, if your body's not working properly, your mind can't function. Right. And if your mind's not functioning properly, you don't want to move your body. So we got to kind of find a way to intertwine the mind and body so that the soul becomes much more okay. relative and you have more self-inner inner kind of inner peace right. more you're looking at yourself from the inside out and that's basically with the aid of these these compounds for people who can't get there that's these compounds help that right right okay so how would someone like if when it opens how would someone like get on board with that like how would they travel to costa rica and do this uh, at this resort we we have you could actually call us we have actually a full uh, travel agency that actually will tell you exactly how to get there what's the best way to get there once you okay. get there all your travel to the facility will be completely you know included it'll be absolutely first class from a to z nice. we have different ways of getting there there's really no worries about getting there it's the, basically if you want to try and see if this is something you want to do contact us and then we do like a four to six week interview with our with our therapist right. see what you're going through let you understand exactly what the process is and that's a big thing it, it, you know a lot of people are not going to be ready for for psychedelic psychedelic medication mm-hmm. you know some medications for example lsd gets a 24-hour you know basically trip you're going on to psilocybin you're looking for a, a six and, and mdma which is ecstasy you're looking about eight hours and, and you're going there's no way of actually stopping once you get started so you can understand what you're going to see through those those you know those trips you're going to have to understand that you have to acknowledge what you want out of it basically journal before what you want to change in your life so that when you do take the medications and compounds you can actually go through the journey and understand how to make those changes so that when you come out on the other side, we have a roadmap that you can actually do. And we talk with you and we continue to follow you and bring you and help you through that roadmap. Gotcha. Gotcha. So uh, maybe you mentioned this earlier. So how long is it like is from beginning to end, how long can they expect to be there? Off the be there, it's it anywhere depending on what type of treatment you're actually going to go through anywhere between five to 10 days, five to 10 days. Okay. Yeah, it, it all depends exactly what medication and what you're actually looking right. to do. You know, so if you're looking for more of a, a of a detox mm-hmm. kind of addiction, you might stay a little bit longer, do a little bit more things because it takes a little bit more stuff. You know, it all depends. Again, it's tailor made. Our goal was not to do, like I said, the retreat style, style which is everybody's treated in a group. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter who you are. You all get the same medication. You all get the same dosages. Listen. You're, I don't know how big you are, but your metabolism and your size as compared to my size is completely different. So the medication may run faster through you and you may need less. And my, my pet, my, metabolism may be slower, so I may need more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, treating everybody the same is, is a very uh, safety issue makes it very unsafe. So we're actually creating the, our site to actually be individualized, have more of a precision medicine to where you're coming for a problem. Here's what you you telling me. Hey, listen, I want to come in. Uh, I want to use, you know, psilocybin, you know, magic mushroom. And we're like, okay, well, what are you coming in for? And we'll talk to you and then we'll far, start finding out what's what's going on. And then we'll give you the right pathway by doing some, some DNA testing and actually also do some early analysis of heart rate monitoring and, and stuff, wearing wear, wearables and modern technology to see where you are. And that'll give us a better decision. Like, you know what, your, your genetic testing won't really it won't really work with the psilocybin route, but if we go an MDMA route, it might actually be better for you and safer right, for you in right. the long run. 
So we're, we're, we're creating a, a facility that a lot of people can come, but you're going to, it's going to be tailored to you and your experience. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The genetic testing thing. I mean, I have toyed with that idea for a while now. It's, it's intrigued me for some time now. Uh, I've never actually done it, but I wondered, you know, just every now and again, what would actually come out in the other end? If I actually did this DNA testing and I learned all about myself, like what type of workouts are best for me, you know, what type of food is best for me instead of like me trying trying to go through this lifetime road of discovery and seeing, well, you know, doing this exercise, these sets of exercises at this rep, at this volume is actually best for me according to my DNA makeup. Um, so I, that's been interesting to me. And I think that's pretty cool that you're kind of integrating that into your, your program there. Yeah. One of the, one of the cool things I just did a, a cannabis a DNA test with one of the, one, uh, the company with one of the uh, owners, CEOs that I had on my podcast. And what we're going to do is when I get my test results, me and him, we're going to do a live show and we're going to go through my test results. And so they can explain exactly everything. And again, as a firefighter, I can't take THC. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how we read a DNA, DNA test for cannabinoids and cannabis on somebody who can't take THC and figuring out, you know, like you said, the last thing we want to do is trial by error. Listen, psychedelics is not a trial by error medic medication. It, it, it is still a very uh, sometimes unsafe compound. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want to do if you're having suicidal tendency is like, you know what? I'm going to go try this. No, because if you're going in with the suicidal tendencies or the angriness, it may enhance those and you may come out more suicidal than when you went in. Okay. It's not a trial by error. Gotcha. So we, we need to actually figure out exactly what's going on before you get there. Find out the best method, the proper dosing for your body, your type, your genetics and everything else so that you can have a safer and more real experience mm -hmm. so that you can get out of it what you want. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's really cool. So, you know, psychedelics, they have... I'm sure you know, not a great reputation in the United States. Um, and I've listened to other interviews where I've listened to um, people like yourself, you know, like athletes or uh, trainers, and they talk about the use of psychedelics, you know, not necessarily marijuana or TAC, but the use of psychedelics. And they say that, you know, I found that this stuff is actually pretty effective and actually has a medicinal benefit. You know, it's mislabeled by the government and, you know, we just, we get, we've been lied to for so long about what this stuff actually is and how it actually performs and what it can do for us. Um, so what, what are your, I guess what I'm asking is what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that it's been an uphill battle because you're going against a lot of kind of deeply entrenched dogma about the use of cannabis and things like that? Yeah, it's, it's going to always be an uphill battle. but And that's why, again, that's why we created our facility. It's extremely hard with the DEA not allowing the United States or Canada to get access, first get clean and proper access, because everybody says they have, you know, everybody in the, now everybody on the internet selling mushrooms. All of a sudden now mushrooms is the modern thing. They're, they're selling it like, you know, the local grocery really? store. But, you know, you can't really get the right, it, it's not the psychedelic mushroom that you're looking at. That's, you know, it, there's a nutraceutical aspect to it. It, it will help a little bit focus, mm -hmm. you know, and, and stuff like it does, but it's not the, the, the stuff that we're talking about. The stuff that we're talking about is, is a schedule one mm -hmm. drug. And it's going to be, it's really tough for the United States and Canada to get accesses to do clinical studies. And this is where, this is where it's going to blow your mind to show that these things work and they do work. And the problem was, Back in the 50s, they were using them very effectively for, you know, alcoholism, uh, a drug addiction. The founder of AA used psychedelic drugs before and actually on his trip came up with the thought of AA. Really? I didn't, so, I didn't so, not know that. He used yeah. it as a, as a road to recovery from alcoholism? Yes. And then he actually, while he was in his, his, his trip or his journey, he came up with the the whole plan for mm -hmm. AA. So a lot of times these psychedelic medications, you can actually do research. They were used back then. The problem was the government tried to use them for mind control. It went total array and completely destroyed their whole, their whole process because everybody went on and don't quote me. I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was LSD or MDMA. And they went after the government for going to war. And that's where the whole, the whole against Vietnam war mm -hmm. came out where everybody started going, okay, we peace and love and, you know, and everything else. The government wanted to go the other way. They wanted to have, no, let's go kick some ass. 
and they turned it into peace and love and it completely backfired at them. They're like, well, we need to cancel this. And they just canceled everything and made a huge, you know, stigma about it, it. destroyed everything. And And the problem with the research is that they cut off anything possible to do research. Uh-huh. So we're basically starting in 2023, 22, 18, when, some, when I think it was 2018 or 19 when MAPS came out with the MDMA study. We're starting back where they left off in 1950. <laughs> so they tried to weaponize it. It didn't work out. And so they – and so they it went the completely opposite direction here. They couldn't weaponize it. They actually it turned into something peaceful, and so they scrapped it. <laughs> exactly. And, and if you're if you're curious about it, there's a net again another great show just came out from Michael Pollan. He wrote a book back in uh, 2019 or 2018 called Change Your Mind, which he goes and investigates where the psychedelics came from, who made them, who started them, how they became about and how they got canceled. Well, Netflix made a four series, four uh, episode series documentary on that with Michael Pollan. If you want to learn about psychedelics, where they came from, what happened and what they can do, it's a great starter for people who are looking or who are interested in learning more. It's a really great starter. Again, my opinion, we still need a lot of research. Because again, we don't know about the side effects. We don't know proper dosing. We don't know proper, you know, what does where, you know, MAPS came out with a super wonderful study about PTSD. You know, no longer are you actually diagnosed with PTSD after one use of MDMA ecstasy, you are actually cured from it. So we're no longer treating symptoms. Psychedelics are showing that they can actually become a cure for, for stuff like PTSD. But then again, we need to see the side effects of, of and see who's who can and cannot use that type right. of medication. And that's why our facility in Costa Rica, we're also having a clinical trial unit because we're going to be a license to allow to use mm-hmm. these, these medications to import them into Costa Rica. And so therefore companies will be allowed to come and rent our facility and our clinical aspect so they can, they can do studies out there and then bring it back to the United States. Right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Have you ever run into any kind of like legal barriers with this kind of stuff, you know, or any kind of, I don't know, you try, you know, anyone trying to all the time, all the time. (laughs) I mean, like time when I started my CBD, when I started my CBD company, I got canceled from banks, credit cards. They black, they almost blackballed me. I couldn't get, you know, it's a federally legal substance. No, it's not. Mm -hmm. Hemp is legal. But again, there's still no banking act really that protects a, a cannabis farm or, or a cannabis uh, facility or dispensary. So they're right now are courting their money in most of their places. They're being robbed. I think a dispensary just a couple of days ago got robbed, you know, of the plants themselves of over a hundred thousand dollars worth of plants, you know, so there's always an issue. There's always something. There's always a reason people always come at you. My fire department's like, you know, I'm like, hey, listen, let's just get the, some CBD out there. Some people, oh no, it's 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 legal. No, it's not illegal. CBD is actually mm-hmm. legal. But you know, how are we going to tell? You know, if you're you're intoxicated, okay, CBD does not get you intoxicated. Yeah, but you can smoke marijuana, and then, well, then we just need to change the testing process. We need to get people who are still having those stigma out of the dark ages and bring them up to speed to what's going on. And, and that's the biggest key because those of us who are in the industry for the medicinal aspect and the mm-hmm. benefit of it, we're not in it to go hit a bong and eat a bunch of Cheerios <laughs> and, you know, Smarties and M&Ms and stuff. We, you know, that's not yeah. our, our thing. You know, you know, that's a big, the biggest thing that pisses me off is everybody goes, Oh, you know, you're going to, you're going to get right. stoned on the job. Yeah. Listen, it's not recreational in Florida. It's a medicinal. I need a prescription to do it. They're only allowed to tell me how much I can get, and I can only mm-hmm. buy that much. Alcohol is recreational. You don't see me pounding back down a 40-ouncer while driving a truck you know, right now, so why do you think that I'm going to be bonging it up on, on station? It just makes no sense. It just, right. It's the most annoyingest thing in the world. It's like don't compare medicinal cannabis to alcohol, two different things. And they're like, well, you know, at least alcohol has a drug test, you know, a limit. It says, you know what? Show me the prescription limit and the test that's used to actually test you when you're driving, when you're on prescription medication. Just tell me which one to use. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's just a, it's an arbitrary selection of what, what is and what is not a dangerous substance. I mean, alcohol, I know is just alcohol is, I don't drink at all anymore. Cause I just, I got, you know, I got to the point where I was like, you know, this stuff is not doing anything for me. You know, 
it's definitely not helping my mental health or my fitness. So, and I've seen where it can go in very dark ways and I don't want to go there. So, you know, no, thank you. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so, so, so everybody knows now that I got off my soapbox <laughs> is this is a fit. This is a fitness right. podcast. Listen, I'm telling you right now, CBD for recovery mm -hmm. and for pain. I'm a, I'm a 52, I'm a 51 year old guy that does CrossFit. I competed in, in CrossFit for 10 years, made it in, in, you know, the top 100, you know, mm -hmm. four years in a row. I have, I'm supposed to have double knee replacements. I'm still a firefighter. CBD right now is, has helped joint pain, sleep, recovery, astronomical. So, you know, fitness wise, it is an amazing recovery tool when you, when you figure out exactly what dosages you're supposed to use. It, it's just, it, it's, it's massively incredible. Right, right. Yeah, that was kind of where I was going to go uh, with this conversation next is so um, recovery and fitness, uh, the use of CBD and stuff like that. Um, now, would you would you recommend like someone who works with, you know, people directly such as myself, would you recommend like, like if I were to say, Hey, you should try this stuff here. It'll help your recovery. It'll help reduce inflammation, help with your uh, mental clarity. You know, do you, do you, do you uh, recommend that kind of stuff? Or are you kind of say, well, you know, 100%. I, I, I still own a CrossFit gym. I have all my, my athletes mm -hmm. are all on it. You know, it, it's, it's becoming more and more, you know, I hate to see you use the word mainstream. When you get a quality product and you know where you're getting it from, again, that's the biggest thing with the industry right now, since there's no regulations that you're going to get the mom pops that are, you know, they're going to buy some, some junk on the internet, bottle it up and sell you crap. And you're going to go, Oh, it just never worked. But when you get a quality product, you know, immediately I had double tendonitis in my feet. I went to cryotherapy, massage, prednisone, uh, injections, everything for my, for my double, nothing happened. When I found the farm that I'm working with now, within 20 minutes of taking the product, holding it underneath my tongue, my pain level went from an eight to a four. And I was like, it's gotta be a placebo mm -hmm. effect. I went exactly, don't do this. It's not, you know, medically advised. If you, if you do have Achilles mm -hmm. tendonitis, I went and jumped rope to try and see if I could get my pain back up to eight to see if it was actually a placebo effect and it was not. And what it ended up happening is as I continuously stayed on it, I, the pain went away and the inflammation went away. What CBD or hemp actually does and cannabis, cannabis itself works more on, on nerve pain and, and, and stuff like that. CBD works more on inflammation, uh, joint pain. And what it does, it brings your body to a homeostatic state. What that means is when you're born, your body's full level on running at hundred percent because you're growing as you grow. So it's just right, outputting right. 100%. As we get older and we injure ourselves and take some NSAIDs like Tylenol or Aleve, or we go on a medication, our body starts to tilt a little bit and it's no longer working at that 110 output. Listen, we still work out, we eat healthy, you're still not running at that 110 output. Yeah, it helps, but you need to actually work the inside out and that's what CBD actually does. It starts creating the body to repair itself. And that's the biggest thing. The CBD product itself, like a supplement, it does not do anything for you. It actually starts your body. It's the key to your body's fighting its own response to inflammation. And if it fights its inflammation, the pain goes away. And that's the key. You're not, you're not, you're not masking it mm -hmm. with an NSAID or an Aleve type thing. You're actually saying, hey, your body, hey, listen, I got knee pain. I got arthritis there. I need you to actually work at the sensory organs to actually start lowering that inflammation that I get on a daily basis from smashing myself in mm -hmm. a hard workout so that I can feel better every day. And slowly but surely, the more you're on it, it levels you off. And then now you're back to 110 output. I've seen people get off medications because their body is now producing what they needed before. And they got off their, you know, certain blood pressure medications and other medications, you know. So as you're doing it, just make sure you watch mm -hmm. your medications because you may have to change them a little bit. Because once your body starts working at 110%, you don't need that medication so anymore. So the CBD, it, it revs your um, in immune system is am i understanding this correctly it revs your immune system strengthens your immune system and by that way it kind of takes care of all these uh these ailments that are dogging you 
not just your immune system. So in your body, in every one of your resp- in your respiratory mm-hmm. system, uh, skeletal system, uh, cardiovascular system, you have CB2 receptors, called, and it's called the endocannabinoid system that nobody knows about that slowly mm-hmm. is coming out. And those CB2 receptors are the ones that talk to everything and decide what goes on. Well, as we get older, those CB2 receptors stop talking. Or they start talking a different language and the other people don't right. understand what's going on in your body. Well, what CBD does, it goes into your body, hits those CB2 receptors. Hey, wake up. Let's get back to where we were and let's do some work. So if you have a, you know, all those systems that you have from your respiratory system, your skeletal system to muscular system, it hits all those CB2 receptors. So whatever's ailing in those systems, those systems start working again to actually help lower that ailment and once that ailment gets lower and it starts dissipating you start having right. less okay. and less so pain. it takes a very holistic kind of approach to the entire system itself okay gotcha correct gotcha. because um i was interested in this also as well because i work with a lot of older clients you know i'm talking you know people 50 and above and you know the older we get the the, pain, the aches and pains come along stuff like that and some people have like knee replacements and hip replacements and um, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, that kind of stuff here. Would you recommend it for people like older, older, um, people who would do stuff who have those type of problems? Yes. My, my, I actually work as a, uh, as a, um, re recovery specialist for an orthopedic nice. group and they refer everybody to us prior to asking them if they want pain medication. Oh. And most of the people that are referred to are more elderly. So therefore it's limiting their access to the pain meds. So therefore there's less danger of them being constipated, less danger of them being addicted. And so slowly but surely they start using this more natural and more productive way, letting the body heal itself than actually go to the chemical route. So yeah, I would 100% recommend it. And, and again, the biggest thing with CBD in even with cannabis is trying to find the mm-hmm. proper dosage. You know, everybody's different. Like, again, everybody's different. Everybody's metabolism is different. So once you find that proper dosage, you'll start seeing that, you know, a, right. a huge improvement. So if I wanted to go down this road and I wanted to find what's the proper dosage for me, um, for example, I'm 39 years old. Okay. So I'm, I'm fairly healthy. I'm very active and um, very fit. I, I feel like, I feel like I can say that. Um, if I wanted to find proper dosage, like how would I go about that? Well, my first question is, what would you be taking it for? Well, let's the first say place? that. What do you? Say I, yeah, let's say sleep. sleep. So I, I, I usually start everybody on my CBD company. I have different dosages. I usually start everybody on a CBD CBG one to one ratio product. And the difference between CBD and CBG is CBG is the gold standard to anti-inflammatory and rest. So it's like it's a it's a bigger component than just CBD. Add them both together, you get like a double whammy. And I usually start them off at a hundred milligram bottle, and I usually I tell them, all right, right before you go to bed, you know, take a, a half dropper. You know, it's basically a half dropper is about uh, I think fifteen milligrams, maybe you know, don't thirty three milligrams is a full dropper, so about fifteen milligrams they take underneath their tongue, hold it for as long as you want, and then when you go to bed, don't do anything. I mean, don't read a book. You can watch TV to something boring, but definitely don't do anything that gets your mind activated. Because CBD still is, is, it works for HDHD as well. So as soon as you start focusing on something, it's going to keep you gotcha. awake. Gotcha. <laughs> so just go relax, take it, don't worry about it, and see how, how well you sleep and how you fall asleep. If you have some sort of monitor, like a Whoop or an Apple Watch or something that you can actually see your sleep, you'll start seeing how yeah, your REM sleep was terrible, how all of a sudden now you got more REM mm-hmm. sleep, more deep sleep. And that REM sleep and deep sleep is where you actually start recovering. Gotcha. And again... You know as well as I do, getting better right. sleep, more sleep, better recovery, less inflammation, less pain. So so you got this whole wonderful thing working out where I'm not only leveling out my body, but now it's helping me sleep better. So now you're getting a double whammy on your recovery, and it's helping out in the long run. So you'll notice that stuff. For people who have pain, I would basically do, I would say, when is your worst pain? Take a full dropper, wait 20 minutes, and see what goes on. Half the time, people don't listen to me. I went to a guy and he had a, he was a race car driver and his neck was all messed up. And he was, I went to go see him and he, he's walking around where his neck is all stiff and he couldn't turn everything else. I'm like, dude, just, just try some of this here. Just take a full dropper, put it underneath your, he goes, I don't believe in that crap. I'm like, just try it. You know, who cares? 
It's not going to hurt you. You can drink the whole bottle. You won't mm-hmm. get stoned. You won't die. Nothing's right. going to happen to you. You know, there's zero side effects to it. You know, just try it. He goes, all right, whatever. I'll try it. You know, guy, he was about his 40s, in his 50s, 40, 50s. And so I'm sitting there and talking with him. And about 20 minutes, he's waving his arms and he's, he's telling the story. And he's an Italian guy. So, you know, they're very mm-hmm. animated right. and he's moving around. And all of a sudden, his wife goes, do you see what you're doing? He goes, what? He goes, you're moving like you've never moved before. He goes, starts moving his neck around. He goes, oh, my God. And so people really forget because the pain goes away. Mm-hmm. So they don't remember. So I usually tell the people, oh, I'm still in pain. Well, were you in pain, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour afterwards? Well, I don't remember. But I'm in pain now. Of course you're in pain now. There's a half-life to everything. There's a half-life to NSAIDs. There's a half, you know. There's a half-life. Don't wait till you're in pain to say it don't work. Of course, your pain's going to come back because you have to stay on the product for a while for it to go completely go away. But if you take it in your worst pain in the morning and you take it in 20 minutes later, you're, 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 you know, you're lifting laundry and over your head and, and putting stuff that you've never done before. Guess what? Right, Product's right. working. Okay. You know, so you, you just got to you just got to note exactly what you're taking it for. I got knee pain. Okay, what's going on? All right, when I go upstairs, my knee hurts. Okay. Take the product and go, you know, 20 minutes, go walk upstairs. See, you know, oh, the pain's not that bad. Okay, it's sure. working. Just keep using it and chances are the pain's going to go away. It's, 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 it's like fitness. You, you got to have a baseline and then you got to monitor and you got to right. keep track. And a, a lot of people nowadays want instant relief. You know, they want that opiate relief, like, mm-hmm. oh, don't feel anything. Well, it's, that's, this is not going to happen. This is, this, is some, this is a product that's going to make your body right, heal right. itself. Right. Without any side of done in, in uh, conjunction with everything else you're doing, with the eating right, with the working out, you know, everything else. Too. Correct. So it's not like a fix-all sort of thing. You can take this stuff here and, yeah, it'll make the problem, like you said, go away for a time. But, of course, it's going it, to it's gonna wear off and then your pain will return, you know, after a certain point. Yeah. Right. So a lot of major fitness guys that I had that they had taken, I said, you know what, here's how you figure it out. Go kill yourself in the gym and take it right after you kill yourself and then mm-hmm. call me in a couple hours. And he'll call me in a couple hours because I do, I don't feel like I never worked out. I'm like, <laughs> there you go. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> There it is. Yeah. I, I want to go work, work out, out again. again. I'm like, nah, you probably, you, know, you probably ought not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You probably not to. It just, it's just for right. example, how the product works. But again, that, and you got to find you got to find the right product and the right company that actually wants mm-hmm. to help you in, in that. So, aspect I mean, where I live, there is a CBD store that kind of opened up, I think about a year ago. So if I was interested in this sort of thing, would you recommend, would I, should I go to that store then? Or should I do something else? I mean, I'm just talking like. Well, I would recommend always you call me cause I'm not gonna, right. you know, I, my, my products, my products are for firefighters. So if you don't, if you need, if you're getting drug tested, I guarantee, you know, I pretty much have a guarantee that you're not going to mm-hmm. fail a drug test because our products are, are, you know, double tested, triple mm-hmm. tested for no THC, but I use my own products. I have a bunch of people to use my products, but if you're going to go to a store and that's the key is you have to ask the questions because they'll sell you whatever you want and ask the questions and ask to see, see a COA, which basically tells you what's in the bottle. So the bottle is supposed to have by, you know, standards of the uh, FDA is supposed to have an expiry date on it and a number on it. That number is supposed to coincide with the piece of paperwork that you look at that shows you exactly what's in the bottle. And that'll dictate exactly, you know, if you're getting the right thing or how much you're getting, or if you're getting out, you know, enough CBD and don't go for the product that, that has uh, 30,000 mm-hmm. other products in it. You know, a lot of companies like, Hey, look, we have cotton candy, right. CBD. And you know, okay. So, the more stuff you put in it, the less CBD active ingredient you have, the less it's going to work. Our product, the only thing we have in it is a 50-50 mixture of MCT and coconut oil and hemp oil. So w- what that does, it gives it a pure earthy taste, but it gives it the bioavailability much easier because there's no additives so to it. So going to the store is okay, but know what you're – go armed with the information. Know what you're looking for. Know what you're not wanting. And then, you know, just don't go in blind because, you know, the, the guy behind the counter will Correct. sell you whatever he thinks you'll buy. Gotcha. Exactly. Exactly. Right. It's the same thing as if you, you're recommending a, a mm-hmm. protein to go into, a, you know, 
a GNC or, or some sort of a supplement store, you know, there's 85,000 different proteins, but you know, the one that you feel that works mm -hmm. because you know, the ingredients you use it, you know, so, so that rec type of recommendation kind of thing goes far away. But if you're just somebody who says, Hey, I listen to a show. I want to go buy some CBD, you know, you can get it at gas stations. You can get it at, you know, don't buy it on Amazon. <laughs> Definitely don't buy that. It. It's, it's not CBD I'm telling you right now. Yeah. It's like, Oh yeah, but I saw, I saw sure, the other day, you know, I have a podcast a part of on Amazon. Exactly. You know, I, I, they're like, well, I'm not going to a hemp shop or, or cannabis shop. That's the last place I'm going. I'm going to order it on Amazon. <laughs> so nobody knows what I'm buying, you know, but you know, I did a whole episode on my podcast about why not to buy an Amazon. There's a product on Amazon that 10,000, 10 million milligrams. I'm like, dude, there's no such thing uh -huh. as 10 million milligrams. So, you know, the max you can get is a 15 or, 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 or a 5,000. And a lot of times when people say, Oh, it's a 5,000 milligram. It's not really a 5,000 milligram. They just doubled mm. the size of the bottle. So they can say there's 5,000 in there. But they don't mm. tell you it's a bigger bottle. Yeah. So so you got to be very careful and weary in how you read these things and stuff like that. And Amazon's rules, they're not allowed to sell cannabis products or, or, or anything like that. So they're not selling it. They're just selling pure hemp oil, which is exactly the same thing as MCT oil. So you're paying $50 or $100 for a little one ounce of MCT oil when you can go down, when you go right to the next page and buy 64 ounces for $19.99. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, all right. So going back to the, uh, the mental health aspect of things here. So um, let's see. Now you said that on your, on your website and your page, uh, there is a connection a mental health connection between athletes and first responders. Um, so go, you may, can you dive into that a little bit more? Well, the, the mental health aspect for, for it's what everybody's coming out now and they're calling right. it the flow state, right? This is what everybody's coming out. It's a flow state. It, it, the flow state, basically the flow state, I'm in the zone. I know, you know, it, it's that state of mind where basically you are able to function at a high intensity without getting mm -hmm. tunnel vision and able to still just flow. You know, you have that one wide receiver and all of a sudden, no matter what you throw at him, the ball sticks at him. You know, he's in that flow state in that zone. He's just flowing. He's just doing what he's practiced. He's just doing his mind just feels comfortable and at ease and flowing. Well, that's what first responders and athletes get. You know, we get that, that, that flow zone a lot of times and we get that we're in the zone and that's how we work. The problem with that is that when you take mm -hmm. us out of that zone, we get angry, lost, you know, things happen. We start doing stupid things. We start, and that's where the mental health aspect, and that's where you see people like, um, Gabby, what's, uh, the, the gymnast, Gabby, she actually pulled oh, right, out Gabby, of the, the uh, Olympics for mental yeah, health I, reasons. Was that, was that, you know, Simone Biles. Right. You, I think Gabby Simone Biles, Biles that's I it. think you were going Simone. with that. Yeah. Simone Biles. Yeah. I was, I got it mixed up. Yeah. Simone Biles. Yeah. She pulled out basically for mental health reasons, but you know, so when you push yourself so hard to get somewhere and it jit, that flow state mm -hmm. never comes, it becomes a mental battle. And I tell everybody in my gym, I says, you need to understand the mental battle. Basically two things are going to happen in the gym. Your body's going to mm -hmm. quit or your mind's going to quit. You need to learn which one's going to quit first and then try and train that one to keep up with the other. Because once you figure out how to have both of them work, that flow state becomes a lot more intense. But be ready because you're going to be very, very pissed off or sad or go straight downhill when you're able to train both and you don't succeed. Now it becomes detrimental to failure. Your, your mind starts going, I was doing everything possible. I was flowing. I was doing, you know, I've trained both, but I never attained that goal. Guess what? In life, certain things you're not going to attain, but it's just part of the journey. You have to understand that. And that's where the mental health aspect comes out of first responders and firefighters and first responders and athletes. We train consistently so that when, mm. excuse the language, shit hits the fan, we're in a flow state. There's nothing that we can't do if one of our brothers goes down or if your your mom is stuck in a burning building or or you're in a car accident, you know, and there's another you're flipped over. There's nothing that will we won't be able to do at that moment, at that time we're ready to be able to pull you out. But there is a chance that when you do that or pull you out, 
the person will not successfully survive. So mentally you're ready to win, but you may lose. So that loss at a huge high level, especially in athletes and first responders becomes builds on them and builds on them and builds on them. If you ever heard of Michael, if you ever saw the Michael Jordan story, he was oh, you mean, uh, the ruthless. Other last dance? Yeah, I did watch that. Yes. It, yeah. I mean, it just kind of confirmed what I already knew about him, but yeah, it really highlighted parts of his personality. And sometimes it kind of went dark because yeah, he was just, just yes. a, a murderer on the court. <laughs> but that uh-huh. dark was his flow zone. And it didn't matter. Just get out of the way. Either jump in the flow zone with me, or just get out of the way. But we're going. We're doing this. And it comes, you know, doing that day after day after day. Sooner or later, there's going to be a breakdown. And you got to be ready for it. And I think that's what happened to Simone Biles. I think she, you know, she just it just it just didn't happen. And she made the right decision. Yeah. She said, you know, why, just- you know. I mean, she, she's very young and, you know, she's successful and, you know, the more success you, you, once you're successful then people expect more success and that's just more stress. And yeah. And I think, yeah, it just kind of, it caught up that's, with her. And I think, yeah, I think you're probably right. She just did the right thing. She did the responsible thing. I'm just stepping back. I don't care what y'all expect of me. I don't care what y'all want from me. You know, I got to take care of myself here. And that's what she did. And that's, that's the key phrase right there. And, and that's where, you know, places like our facility in Costa Rica is we start teaching people how to take care of themselves first. If you take mm-hmm. care of yourself first, it sounds selfish. We always want to help others. We always want to do things for others. But when you neglect yourself, you become a worse individual. And that starts to portray on everybody, your family members, your, your spouses, mm-hmm. your girlfriends, your job. Well, when you start working on self, yourself, you feel better. You feel better. You have a better energy. You have a better energy. More people feel it. More people want to be with you. More people want to follow you. More people. So, you know, self looking at yourself is, is extremely important in mental health. And that's the biggest thing is learning and understanding how you can actually come back and, and right. help exactly. yourself before and, uh, helping I everybody she else. Just came to the conclusion. Like uh, I don't, I don't owe the world a victory. You know, I don't. I exactly. Don't. And I think a lot. I th- I think a lot of you know athletes matter. and first responders. You know, I spoke to a guest a couple episodes ago, and she talked about caregiver syndrome, where it's kind of similar, where you the caregiver just constantly gives and gives and gives and feels like they have so much responsibility and have so much depending on them that they can't look after themselves here, and it just it, it causes them to implode. I think. That's probably, I think we can probably call it first responder syndrome as well, too, because I think that's a lot of what you see uh, these right. folks that you work with a lot doing. It's like, I, I can't look weak. I can't, you know, ask, I can't, look, you know, ask for help here. I have to be the one that helps, you know, so. Exactly. So, I yeah, that's, uh, we're drawing some real uh, parallels here, drawing some real lines here and some real connections. So I think that's really cool. I think that's, I think it's really important to highlight that kind of thing here. So I think the more we just de stigmatize this stuff, the better. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's like, again, like you said, it's tough, especially for athletes and first responders to look at that inner self Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I need help because I help everybody else. And that's where, you know, it goes, it goes sour. It goes to chemicals, alcohol, Mm -hmm. suicides, you know, and it's same thing with, with veterans and stuff like that. So it's, we have to destigmatize the fact that, you know what, I'm going to think about myself. You know what? Screw all of you. I'm just going to take it. You know, it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm who I am. I'm not going right. to, you know, I don't have to do anything for you. It's just, you know, it's my time. And I, I do that a lot. And my wife kind of gets irritated about it, but I, my morning is my workout. That's it. I get off shift workout days. I'm not on shift. I work out. It's my work. That's, that is my mental space where I can actually right. decompress, think, and I use the fitness aspect of it, of, of, of keeping my mental right, health, exactly. you know, I think, stable, right? That's, it is my time. Me, it's my, you know, it is what it is. You want to join? Fine. Join. If you don't want to right, join yeah. it, I'm not going to stop. You have to have certain non-negotiables, you know, fitness or whatever it is, you know, know, going off into a dark or going off into a room by yourself and reading a book or listening to music. There, there are certain things that you just cannot allow to be impeded on, you know, that have to do with your well being. Right. Absolutely. So what is your, uh, what, what, what are your, what is your, uh, family and your colleagues and your friends, what do they think about all the work you're doing here? I mean, 
They think it's amazing. They, they, they don't understand how uh, I can still work the job and still create something. Uh, I'm one of those people that, again, mental toughness was, was taught to me through, you know, this is why I hate this one. This is why I hate when kids don't no longer do fitness or don't do sports, stay in front of a computer. You know, a lot of the mental toughness of winning and losing and stuff like that is taught in sports. It, it, it is sports is the mainstay of learning how to deal with, with a lot of bad stuff that goes on in your life. That's why a lot of top, you know, C, CEOs are, are, are ex football players or ex players or because they know, you know, you're not going to win all the time, but you're going to make a game plan and stuff like that. So I made my game plan. I said, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it in the name of my daughter. That's one of the biggest pushers. So no matter if things go bad, it's still a step forward from where we were yesterday. And as long as I can make one step forward, it doesn't matter what I'm, you know, right. it's going to happen and it's going to be in her name. And everybody's extremely proud of the team I put together of the people I put together of our, of our medical board, our, our athletes. We, we put Jim McMahon on, he's part of our, our, uh, board of, of athletes advisory board. So, you know, I'm trying to connect the right people to do the right thing. I just don't want to be, a, a facility that just, you know, just makes money. It's all about helping those and making cannabis and psychedelics. Again, I, I keep repeating that finding the safest way, the safest route and the most efficient type to do it, but right. make it of a preventative medicine, not a last resort medicine, not an end of life medicine. You know, they're already giving special, Oh, we're going to have special designation. This guy's dying of cancer. He can use cannabis. Well, why don't we just have it before? Maybe, you know, there's studies showing that it stopped cancer. Maybe he wouldn't be dying on his bed right now. So, you know, if we can make this stuff preventative and, and do it right and find the proper mm-hmm. data and the right safety precautions around it, I think it'll, it'll actually Absolutely. be an awesome medicine. Hell, you know, Marinol and, and Epilox is in, you know, all the, all the hospitals around the world right now. So it's, you can't tell me that right. cannabis doesn't right. have a medicinal effect. Okay, so Gary, yeah. uh, we're going to draw into a close here, come up in about an hour. If there is one thing that everyone listening here can take away from you, you could summarize in like, maybe one or two sentences or whatever, what would you like it to be? What would you like people to know first and foremost? Uh, First and foremost is is I believe, I I believe in in, in the cannabis movement and the psychedelic movement. I believe that if we can get that preventative medicine, a lot of people will be a lot better off, you know, mentally and physically and and just give it a chance. You know, if you don't know about it, Mm -hmm. try and investigate about it learn about it. I'm not saying everybody's into it. I agree. You know, you don't have to be into it, but you know what? There, there's, there's going to be a lot of people. I don't believe there's a battle between cannabis and psychedelics and pharmaceuticals. There's no battle. Mm -hmm. They're all medicines. Some people need the, the cannabis and psychedelic side. Some people still need the pharmaceutical side. You know, they can work in conjunction. If they work in conjunction, you know, you're going to see some, some astounding new revelations coming up from everything from stroke victims to traumatic brain injuries to, to a lot of stuff and cancer and everything. So, right. you know, just learn about it. Just, you know, and, and, and one thing, you know, thank a first responder out there and try to understand when first responders, they say they want access to this stuff. It's not about, you know, rolling one and, you know, being right. smashed all day. It's really about mentally helping us so we don't have to end up, you know, burying ourselves and leaving our families, you know, because we decided right. to commit right. suicide instead. Thanks so much, man. Okay. Um, so if people want to get in contact with you, Gary, how would they do that? Where should they go? All right. This is a, let me get how much we have another <laughs> hour for all the list of places I'm at. So, uh, you can reach uh, good the places you can reach on LinkedIn, Gary Roberts. You can reach me there. Uh, my podcast has all those links. It's called GoodNewsGrow.com. You can see all my uh, my current episodes and all the episodes I have with all my professional athletes. If you want to check out uh, Costa Rica and what's going there, it's PromisesInnovativeRecovery.com. Again, Good Dudes Grow podcast is on Instagram, Instagram and, and Facebook. Facebook. Yes, same thing. Good News Grow podcast. I had to change. I had to add podcast to it because uh, Instagram and Facebook decided that my information was too controversial. So she took down my first pod, my, my first Instagram, and I'm starting over again. So you know what? If you want to help me out, go there and like it and <laughs> give me a bunch of followers that I lost. It doesn't necessarily mean I know anything about what you're talking about. It's just that I know there's a whole bunch of people talking about you. <laughs> 
I love. Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> could be a good yeah. sign or a bad sign, but you I know what? That. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm back thanks up. Thanks for pulling through that. That's frustrating. All right, all right. Well, people, Gary Roberts, thank you so much, and uh, I appreciate your conversation. I appreciate the information. This has been very eye-opening. Uh, I especially didn't know about the history of. Um, uh, cannabis oil, LSDs, uh, psychedelics that were used in the fifties and then how, how it was being developed and how it got scrapped and how we're kind of starting again, 70 years later, you know? Yeah. Change, change, change your mind on Netflix with Michael Pollan. Trust me, four episodes. It'll, it'll actually give you a lot of information. It, it still leaves some information for, you know, still leaves mm-hmm. some place of doubt of side effects and what, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, that's going to come with the clinical gotcha, research gotcha. and data. Well, in the thank long you again run. so much. And thank you all who are listening today. This is the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. And I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace.